Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are talking about... What year is this film? Uh, we are talking about 2015's Playing It Cool, which is formerly known as A Many Splintered Thing. <laughs> That's the first thing that pops up on Wikipedia. Oh my gosh. Playing It Cool or A Many Splintered Thing. Um, I feel like that pretense like sums up so much about the movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it really does. Um this this is a film directed by first-time director Justin Reardon and written by Chris Schaefer and Paul Vickner. And I don't think it's their first time writing a film, but also they don't have a Wikipedia page and I'm not on IMDb. So I think it's we can presume that they're pretty the, new. But yeah, I like we can say new it's probably the, the beginning of their career. Yeah. In in screenwriting. Definitely. Um, this is a film, this is this is one of the biggest casts I've ever seen for a bad romantic film. Because here we have we have Chris Evans, we have Michelle Monaghan, we have Aubrey Plaza, Ian Gruffa, Gruffa, Mr. Fantastic from those Fantastic Four movies from the mid-2000s. <laughs> You're like, that is going to be easier to say than his name. Yeah, Let's be real. Uh, we got Anthony Mackie, Topher Grace, Patrick Warburton, Martin Starr, Luke Wilson, Philip Baker Hall, Ashley Tisdale, Matthew Morrison. And also we have um, Kyle Mooney uh, from SNL. And also he made a, a really good film last year called Brigsby Bear that you should definitely watch. Love Kyle Mooney. Um, and if you watch SNL, Kyle Mooney is the one who keeps on doing those weird sketches where he's in a relationship with Leslie Jones the ones that confuse me every single time I see them. Because <laughs> it's not even like them being a couple is implausible. It's just like, who came up with that? Yeah, like it's who? Or like, like, can I see the pitch meeting? He's so little. <laughs> he's so little. He's such a little boy. Um, which is, yeah, which really plays into great stuff in Briggsby Bear. Please watch Briggsby Bear. Like, please do. Like, it was, it deserved more attention last year. Um, anyway, we are here with, um, playing it cool, which is, so I don't know if I mentioned this before on the podcast, but, um, I studied film undergrad. I studied film and I studied poetry and creative writing, women's studies, but mostly film. Um, and when I did grad school, I studied, um, screenwriting, playwriting, television writing. So it is very easy for me to spot when someone just got out of school and is making a film that is clearly response to them just first getting out of school. <laughs> and that's what playing it cool is. It is the most first film that a person can make because it's about actually writing a film. <laughs> like It is, yeah, it is like <laughs> an ultimate meta romantic comedy about a screenwriter. It's like <laughs> I am it's like I am a filmmaker. I should make a film about making films. Right? Yeah, and it's going to have a lot of banter about writers and um like the the dialogue was clever um at <laughs> least within the friend group even when I thought the characters were annoying. Um they were they were clever. Um yeah, it did. It, it was like, I'm going to do a rom-com about a person trying to do a rom-com that doesn't suck. <laughs> 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 it 
like because Chris Evans is a screenwriter, and he is, um, you know, he kind of plays the uh, archetype of like the, you know, the like womanizer, but he's got a reason, uh, you know, so like the so lo- like the lovable asshole, like oh, I don't believe in love, so I just kind of treat women like disposable, but it's fine because like I know I'm an asshole. So, um, <laughs> which is weird because he's so like. I don't know, because he's Chris Evans. <laughs> so let's talk about the, the fiction, the absolute fiction that is someone looking like Chris Evans being a screenwriter. It is impossible. And I'm not just talking about his body type. No, 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 no. But that's a huge part of it, too. Someone who writes, who is a screenwriter does not look that manicured ever. Ever in life, never <laughs> like it, if there's a screenwriter who looks like that and carries himself like that, like are we sure that it's a screenwriter? Like are we really sure? Like like let's look at the film. Like like even even on Entourage when you have um, oh God, who was writing the who was their screenwriter friend Billy? Billy was an art bro. He was a screenwriting art bro. But you know what he had? He had long, bushy hair. He had a mustache. He had a beard. He did a lot of drugs. Like he was, he was, he was spelt, but he wasn't in shape because he's doing a bunch of drugs and he's drinking and he's not sleeping and he has dark circles around his eyes. Even the broiest a film person does not look like this. His hair is too close cropped. It should be longer. He should be more disheveled. Why is he so? Like you can tell. Yeah, I mean, he looks like an actor. I mean, he's obviously is an actor, but he looks like an actor. It's not just like a really hot writer. It's like no, you look like you work out hours a day. Yeah, and there's plenty of handsome actors that. I mean, I feel like all of his friends were more plausible as screenwriters. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think that he like he did this. He probably did this film like on. Like on break, like cause cause he's with Anthony Mackie, who's like he's Captain America. That's the Falcon, Captain America, and the Falcon are in this movie, and it made it just seem like, oh, we're pals, we're gonna do this too. But at least like Anthony Mackie is like in a suit, so you can't see how ripped he is. He's in a, Anthony Mackie is in a suit in every scene that we see him. Chris Evans is walking around in t-shirts, and we're just like, what? What is Captain America doing? Like, it just doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny because I did. I mean, I did think that, but not as in depth. I was just like, oh, yeah, he's like. But I mean, I know a lot of really attractive writers that and including screen and and script writers. But I do agree. He's too like too. I want to find a word besides preppy because I feel like preppy expired in 1999. Yeah, I mean, it's but like, yeah, it's like too like like you said, he's just too ripped. He's <laughs> like, too he's he too ripped. He's too, too manicured. His hair is too like this is a guy who goes to the barber every week. What screenwriter has time to go to the barber every week? Like we can't know. And I'm not saying that like we're all just like like I think that I am very attractive. I'm just saying that like. If I wasn't a screenwriter, if I was someone like an actor, for example, I would be way more manicured than I am on a daily basis. Like I would like I would be the same, but my essence would be different. You know? Yeah, no, totally. His <laughs> essence is very actorly. And like his is very like I'm gonna punch somebody in the head at any second. And it's like, funny, like <laughs> Yeah, his character uh so 
So yeah, like his character is that, you know, it's like the asshole like who's like I figured out women because love doesn't exist, so I know how to manipulate them. Oh yeah, love doesn't exist because um, his mom left him to go to Chile and left it and informed him with a sticky note on a Captain Crunch box. What a cold bitch. Yeah, this is like a total like mommy issues movie. I at least I appreciate at least that this character like I feel like there's so many of these characters in rom-coms where it's like, oh, this guy's like charming because he's like sarcastic and an asshole to women. At least this one admits he has mommy issues. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> at least there's an admission there and not just like somebody dumped you once. Um, <laughs> not excusing <laughs> the behavior, but it, it felt a little more realistic. I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'd like to mention that the heater is on. The heater is working ag- actively working against me, but hopefully y'all won't be able to hear it that well, and hopefully, if you can, I can just get rid of it in post. But if not, this is in there, <laughs> me saying that. Um, playing It Cool is like, it, it's a story about a screenwriter who has to write a romantic comedy, but he's never been in love, <laughs> except for that one time that his babysitter gave him a strip tease, which is not only a weird scene, but it just makes me think of that McG movie from last year called The Babysitter. This idea of like weird sexual tension between your babysitter and your like 11-year-old child is not those movies funny. as somebody who's like worked as a nanny and babysitter and like had to nanny 12 year old boys which is awkward because they're fucking hormonal i do not appreciate these movies because <laughs> it's just so uncomfortable like it is uncomfortable but not because babysitters are out here being fucking pedophiles i'm not saying there aren't any that are but, but yeah, because no, be- yeah. it's because th- there's an 11 year old who's like like spilling out hormones so like yeah please stop pretending that there's like nannies out here who are like yes kid look at me like ew no yeah and like also um and i mentioned this on my worst my worst films of 2017 list when i talk about the babysitter in a post-transparent world it's really strange to watch this because I mean I don't think that Bronwyn I don't think that you watch Transparent but no one of the main plots is that the character played by Jay Duplass um, had a sexual relationship with his um, with his babysitter as as a as a as, a, as a, like a preteen and that relationship um, you know not only scarred him for life but also produced a child that he finds out about in like season three. And oh like uh, like a whole bunch of stuff that like so yeah after like several seasons of watching a guy try to come to terms with the fact that he wasn't in, his babysitter and him weren't in a mutual like like equal relationship that he was molested by his babysitter and watching how that completely ruins his psyche and all of his adult relationships uh, can we stop yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like. And it, it also spoilers for Transparent. That's that's a huge part of Transparent Babysitter. And there's also a great like really terrible scenes where he like goes to his parents and it's just like, "Did you know that we were doing stuff?" and they were just like they basically just shrug at him. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oops. What? Oops, I guess we just left you in the hands of a woman who wasn't to be trusted. Well, oh gosh (laughs) yeah yeah um but yeah so that shit is weird let's be done with that shit um 
But uh, so <laughs> so he has to write this movie, and Anthony Mackie is like very much trying to be the Ari Gold of this is a very reactionary to Entourage kind of movie, okay? And like honestly, because Anthony Mackie is trying to do a Jeremy Piven Army Ari Gold in Entourage and failing every single time that Anthony Mackie says a cuss word or talks about fucking or anything, I don't believe it. I mean, did you? <laughs> I didn't. Believe no, it. <laughs> it felt like so extreme. <laughs> Yeah, it it like very. There was a weird Asian fetish thing. Oh yeah, he kept on talking about Malaysian women. He kept on talking about no. He kept on saying Malaysian pussy. Mal- yeah, it was and- so gross. It was like everything. Like it was just very like cliche racist stereotypes. It was like, they're it- great to have sex with. He didn't even act like they were women. He's just like Malaysian pussy, Malaysian. and there was no reason for it to be in the movie. It was just like. There's no reason as for p- Anthony Mackie like, to be in the movie. Yeah. He serves no purpose. It was just this like plot. It, was, it wasn't even <laughs> a plot device. That's giving it too much credit. It was just like a way to prove like how broy they are and like who he is. Yeah. Like, and I was like, ew. Like, like yeah. yeah. Like this dude has to write a screenplay, and I know that like a book agent or like a like a like an agent or something. That's always like a character, but like we don't need like this like extra like. You know, you gotta get to because basically what happens is is that he hates rom coms. He doesn't know how to write them. He doesn't believe in love. But Anthony Mackie's just like, well, hey, if you write this rom com, then we'll let you go to Malaysia and do this action film, and that's what you really want to do. And he's just like, yeah, because like apparently, apparently, I feel like this film is like if somebody made Michael Bay write a rom com, like because the Broy is the Broy yeah. director I can think of is Michael Bay, and there's like forty. <laughs> men in this movie and like three women <laughs> yeah it's, it's so, funny it's like, so intensely masculine it like it, except like <laughs> okay so yeah he has to write the screenplay and he doesn't know what to do and oh my god and the film starts like i know that we're skipping around but like i i was moving through towards the plot but i should mention that uh at the film starts he talks about like how love is like a lie and about how, like, the feeling that you feel, like, when you fall in love is the exact same as when you're, like, addicted to narcotics. Oh, and yeah. That like- was, like, the opening <laughs> monologue. And I was rolling my eyes so hard. I was like, oh, wow. Like, I was just like, okay, this is happening. <laughs> like, I was like, all right, I already know that this main character is going to get on my nerves. Because <laughs> it was just very, like, let me explain the love is a lie and i was like i'm tired <laughs> because because i'm because my mom left and i was stuck with philip baker hall and i'm just like philip baker hall is great like you got raised by philip baker hall you're fine oh <laughs> 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 um and yeah and so uh his group of friends uh just tried it let's try to do a rundown um Topher Grace is his gay friend that I didn't realize was gay until the end of the movie. Same. I was wondering, (laughs) I was like, am I really unobservant or like making all these heteronormative assumptions? And then I was like, no, they, there was no, there was apparently the talk about, um, Terminator, um, at the beginning of the movie with that guy, that guy was a love interest, but it just didn't read that way. Yeah. And the movie was so like intensely masculine in this very hetero way that I think I just assumed everyone was straight because I was like, well, there's, you, you know, I would like, I just made that assumption 
because of the way the tone was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Topher Grace, as the as as his gay friend who loves love in the time of cholera, um, is actually really great in this movie. This he is, like, is the most I've liked Topher Grace in a long time. I was like, wow, you're really delightful. I was totally into him. Um, yeah, his character was really endearing. It was like if like Kevin, it was like a Kevin Sussman role, but done well. <laughs> yeah, he like I felt like he really liked the role and was having fun and decided to like really lean in. Yeah, I love this. I it made me realize, oh yeah, I used to be like in love with Topher Grace as a kid, and like I like I was feeling embarrassed about it for years, especially like post Spider Man three. But then I saw him in this movie, and I was like, no, but yeah, I had a he point. He is cute, and yeah. he does he does have talent. Like yeah. yes. <laughs> um, um, and we also have we also have Luke Wilson in the gang, who is just basically being Luke Wilson. Like I'm not sure if that it was really a performance in the same way that like Martin Starr was being Martin Starr too. And they were often like paired together. A lot yeah. A lot I felt scenes. like they got to come hang out and like get paid, which that's the dream. Right. And uh, Aubrey Plaza is basically playing herself except like herself. If she was like a radical feminist circa the nineties. Like <laughs> yeah. Like it was like, they just, they were like, one woman show, it was very, like, kind of, like, Riot Girl, like, but not really Riot Girl because she's not in a punk band. It was, like, meets, like, Marina Abramovich slash just, like, every freshman wo- women's studies, like, very, like, everything's my vagina and I'm taking, like, baby legs out of my pussy. Oh, my God. Yeah, um, she was, like, yeah. she was, like, there was the thing with the potatoes in her boobs. And, yeah. And then um, the baby head popping out of her vagina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was it was very like cartoony, but like the whole movie was and she she committed to it. Like, and you know, she, she's like angry at men, but also she only hangs out with dudes. Yeah. Um I left my vagina in the basement is is something that she said in the Yes. Movie. Yes. <laughs> um Okay, yeah, okay. And her and Chris Evans' character, like, apparently have like hooked up. It's like one of those friendships where there's like a little not really tension since they've addressed it but there's like kind of a lingering thing there well there's tension afterwards and like somewhere in the movie she says that she loves him and he just walks away (laughs) but that's but that was a dream was it yeah oh my god i can't tell in this yeah no that was a dream and then yeah there's a lot of dream sequences and i wasn't like i mean i was watching the movie but i wasn't paying attention like you know super close um, and I was watching on a projector, so I would like walk away and then come back, you know, like go to the kitchen, get a glass of water, come back. Yeah. And I was really confused. I was like, oh my God, she's admitting her feelings. And then he woke up and he was all freaked out. But then I was confused by that because I felt like, well, that dream sequence must be telling us that that is, you know, how she feels. And then it was never really addressed. Well, like later on, like near the end of the movie, they like hug and reconcile, but it's hard to know what they're reconciling for. Four? Yeah. Like I f- what transpired? I felt like there I felt like the writers wanted to have that be a piece, like this like her being kind of having feelings for him and them having this friendship, but they never really actually fleshed it out. So that it was just kind of there. Oh uh, yeah, it's just like, oh yeah, it's, it's all, it almost made me feel like she can't be a woman in this movie, like just like by herself. Like like I know that it would have been cliche, but it would have made total sense if she was just a lesbian in this movie. And it's yeah. weird that she's not. 
Yeah, like they didn't know. Yeah, she couldn't. They weren't going to just have her be there with all these dudes and like not have had sex with one of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> which kind of sucked. Um, but also like does kind of make sense in the world. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it so, does. It, it you does. You know, people hook and, up. I mean, Aubrey like, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, she's, it's, yeah. she's really attractive. The dudes are attractive depending on your tastes. I mean, I mean Chris I Evans is obviously gorgeous. Um, I was basically attracted to every dude in this movie 40 and under. Like, I don't know how old Luke Wilson is, but I was kind of attracted to him. And my cutoff is mostly pointing out that I was not attracted to Philip Baker Hall or Patrick Warburton. Like, maybe Patrick Warburton in the 90s, would I, that would have been my jam. I mean, yeah. he still has a great voice, It was, like, it was nice. Like, it was a nice rom-com in the sense that I like rom-coms for being, you know, female-centric in a lot of ways. But it was also nice to just kind of, like, look at all these dudes. Yeah, I was just looking at <laughs> I dudes. I was fine like, with it. It was just giving me a lot of opportunities to look at dudes. Also, I'd like to put on the record that I'm not attracted to Anthony Mackie, and I do not like him as a person. Um, just so that it's not twisted. <laughs> Although, in The Winter Soldier, I try to pretend like I don't hate him. And it's very beneficial for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh yeah, and also, uh, while I was talking about, while I was setting the record straight on Anthony Mackie, I, I saw one of his quotes where he was talking about Malaysian women, and he says, you can tear them apart. Yeah, I... Uh, wow! It was disgusting. Like, I, wow. I got angry. Um, so upsetting. It was so upsetting. Yeah, there were a few weird, like, moments like that where i was like what like yeah and the this movie has like weird moments where things were added in where i was just like no this is so unnecessary oh my god okay so like yeah it, and, and it's weird because like mixed in with sweet moments where it's like where it's like topher grace is talking to a dude about whether ghost or terminator are the more romantic film and i'm just like sitting there just like i get it and also terminator is almost entirely a romance people forget that <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and it was nice, actually, at the end, and he mentions, oh, yeah, Terminator is actually really romantic. I'm like, okay, you watch the film. Good job. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, um, but then it would be mixed in with stuff like, why is it that every single time Chris Evans breaks a girl's heart, she punches him right in the face? What is that? She, like the the amount of like women just like hitting him just felt like so much to me. Like I just don't get it. Oh, in this movie, um, I mean he was such an asshole. He was such an he asshole. He would send out just like clocking him in the face. It showed like, like so like during the beginning because I realized we haven't really gotten to the actual plot fully. So you guys are probably like, what is going on? Um, during the beginning he. It shows him, like, and he sends the same text to lots of women. Yeah. Like, at once. Like, flirty texts. And then, like, he just, like, bails on them or, like, stands them up or has sex with them and leaves right away. So, like, there's, like, this montage, like you, of, like Jordan said, of people just, of women just, like, punching him in the face. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it is, I don't know. Sometimes I think on movies there's a thing 
there's a guy who's really ripped, so it's like, oh, he can, <laughs> he can, he, he can, can take, take being, it. he can take being punched in the. And I'm like, and I was just like, everyone's so violent it's with him. Weird, like he's and still a person. And like, it like, still hurts. It's, it's his like, face. It's like such a, like really like small women too that are just like pulling out these like expert like like hitting him right in those spots, and I'm just like, did everyone take a class? What is going on? Yeah, like, like, like the director is just like, okay, ladies, I know you deal with a lot in Hollywood you get to cr- punch Chris Evans in the face like I don't think um, that I have ever punched a man in the face like I have tried <laughs> it is never connected in that way like, yeah I was no, jealous. Ma- me neither <laughs> me neither it seems really satisfying yeah it does um, like, like I was kind of like yeah it was very <laughs> it was yeah like he basically like there's like voiceover where he's talking about how he doesn't believe in love. And then we meet his friends and they're all also like writers and performers, which like you said, Jordan, like feeds into the feeling of this very much being like a first film after film school. And then it um, basically like he's supposed to write a rom-com. He hates rom-coms. And then he goes to this fundraiser and he's complaining to somebody like on the phone or something about how like none of the women there are hot and he's like they're all fours and like whatever it'd be fine if they were fours if they like were interesting and then michelle monaghan like hears him and that's when we meet her in this movie and she's like of course like michelle monaghan so she's great but she's like immediately like oh no do go on and she like gives him shit and they basically have like flirty repartee. Which is essentially kind of like the beginning of Maid of Honor. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, I'm like, why does Mel- Michelle Monaghan keep getting paired with these asshole um, leads? I'm not saying Chris Evans is an asshole as a person, but like these like dudes who are no, like, I'm snarky. And you know, I kept on thinking the whole time that like this should have been Joseph Gordon Levitt. <laughs> Yeah, wow, yes, totally. <laughs> this is totally a Joseph Gordon Levitt role. Um, it would have been believable in a lot yeah. of ways, like more believable. And I mean, this is very much like a 500 days of not summer in the sense that yeah. it's like he's just con- he wants this girl who is like unattainable and of course in this in this instance she's unattainable because she's with Mr. Fantastic and she's going to marry him. I'm just going to call him Mr. Fantastic. That's what I've decided. Um and it's way, it's way more fun. <laughs> and like, and so like, her his entire like flirtation with her and everything happens while she's with Mister Fantastic, and yet he's so like entitled about it <laughs> that it's just like, oh yeah, he, she has a whole last boyfriend that she lives with. There are scenes where he goes to her window to like ask her to like come out and stuff and like she lives with him and i didn't realize i thought she lived alone i thought they lived separately until near the end when he's calling out the window and then mr fantastic shows up in the window and i'm just like wait she's been living with him this whole time and he just comes to her window yeah like Like basically like they meet at this fundraiser and then um he has a crush on her because I guess like he's never met a woman who is sarcastic before. Um, I don't know. <laughs> like I'm, I'm just being real. Like I like Michelle Monaghan, but I don't get it. Like, like she's cute and like she's clever, but like it's this movie feels so misogynistic in the sense that it's just acting like she's like so different than all these other women. And I'm like, they, she, he has like, a sarcastic like, female friend, 
in Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, Aubrey like Plaza's I'm like, right how there. is he so shocked that a woman can hold her own in a conversation? So then he, of course, becomes obsessed. All his friends like kind of give him shit as they should. They're like, dude, she has a boyfriend. And then she's like, I have a boyfriend, but I guess if you want to be my... And he's like, well, can't you have friends? Which I fucking hate when dudes say that shit and they're being trifling. Because I'm like, I know you're not trying to be a friend. Anyways, um, <laughs> so he pulls that shit and she's like, sure, whatever. And then, like, they, like, like you said, like, he, then he becomes the most entitled dickwad ever. And he's like, well, like, what is going on? What are we? And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, I thought we were friends. Although, to be fair, not justifying his behavior, she does do things with him that feel, like, inappropriate. Like, she's like, come to yoga with me and, like. I don't know. Oh yeah, that, like, yo- that like yoga thing that, made me feel so weird. Like I was just like, like I would not do go to a yoga class with like a male straight friend and have him like help me stretch. Like that's fucking weird. That is weird. <laughs> like I turned to Kyle and I was just like, would you be cool with that? And he was just like, <laughs> yeah. Like, like there's definitely she definitely didn't have boundaries and was like playing with them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, basically, I mean, the movie, it's weird because for a movie with so many people, the plot's not that complicated. (laughs) It's basically just he falls in love with Michelle and tries to steal her from her fiancé, and it's, like, supposed to inspire his screenplay. Yeah, it... I don't know. I had fun watching it. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of weird stuff, like... (laughs) Like, uh, like the weird thing where like Topher Grace is trying to explain Korean drama and then does explains one of the wildest plots I have ever heard in my existence. Oh my gosh, the the like two trans people who like come out to each other. Yeah, and then and they're just, just like, like really <laughs> relieved because they're like, oh my gosh, we're both trans, but like they've already like gone through transitioning, so they're just like. Yeah, and then they're like cool, and then they like make out. I was just like, well, this is very progressive and lovely, but also, how did we get here? I know. <laughs> and okay, also, like, while he's explaining it, it turns into like there's like animation, and then it turns into like, you know, a shot of like live action. Mm. Like, there's a few spots in this movie where like somebody's telling a story or explaining something, and there's like animation, and then like people in costumes like acting out whatever someone's describing i'm like oh wow. yeah there, oh yeah there's so much of that there's so much of just like it's really in depth <laughs> yeah oh my god yeah there's 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 so much of like them acting out things and also and also there's the one where <laughs> where where chris evans plays the woman and he's got like a wig and lipstick and michelle yes. monahan's playing the dude and i'm just like what these is are, happening? These are treats. Like these are these are treats. And that's but what also, made this what is this film? Yeah, no, that <laughs> made like the things that this film I wouldn't say I wouldn't even say that this film failed at those parts, but like all the extra stuff that didn't make sense made this movie way more fun to watch cuz otherwise it was like a lot of the plot was very familiar. Like kind of asshole dude finally falls in love with a woman but she's taken um, yeah, like, and he wants to change, but he's he actually not changing. He's just obsessed with her. You know, yeah. he's not becoming a better person. He's just like thinks she's better than other women. Yeah, and it, oh my god, it's like the <laughs> the thing that's crazy. The the thing that's um the most wonderful about that scene where Chris Evans plays the woman is that Michelle Monaghan gets to say my dick hurts and then like push his head. <laughs> <laughs> 
to her oh, dick. No, and I felt like she had to love, like, I feel like she must have loved that moment. Like, who wouldn't? Like, I feel like this is legitimately a movie where they were just like, yeah, this is probably bad, but, like, look at all of the fun shit that we get to yes, do. Yes, <laughs> that's such a good way of putting it. Yeah, like, I didn't, like, this movie, like, there, I, I thought that Chris's character was annoying, and I liked Michelle's character at first, and then I kind of thought she was annoying, too. Um, yeah. But I had fun watching it because there were so many actors I liked doing weird shit. <laughs> um, do I think it was a good movie? No. no but, <laughs> like, there's so many gems, like... Every outfit that Topher Grace is in, like all of the headbands, like Topher Grace. I want a spin-off movie about Topher Grace's character. Sweet baby, so cute. Just hit. I just want. Yeah, I want the (laughs) spinoff where he's just hitting on the guy at the bookstore. Like, yes, like. Oh my god! uh, Yeah, and like there were parts in the film where I was just thinking in my head, just date Topher Grace. He's basically your girlfriend anyway, right? Like, (laughs) oh man, wouldn't have that been the best? Like the best uh, plot twist. Yes. If, if Chris had fucking come out or like realized that he was bi or pan and then like had a romance with Topher, like that would have been such a good movie. He's just like, I want, <laughs> I need a girlfriend. I need love. It's like Topher Grace is right here. Why don't you have a boyfriend? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like oh my gosh, that also the horny part of me is like, I want to see that sex scene. Oh my God. <laughs> me too. Me like, too. And bring like, there's that this, on. I'm like, they're, chemistry is like wild like there's this the scene where he's like giving a speech at the fundraiser and Topher's just like you're not bombing yeah no <laughs> oh it was so like Topher was so cute and what? I felt like and like I feel like I felt like with Chris and Michelle like Michelle is really good at having chemistry with people like she's a very charismatic definitely presence so I felt like they had chemistry but I felt like she carried it Oh yeah, she um, did. And not and again, like Chris Evans can have chemistry she's with people. She's got just, like this great like sexual energy about her. Yeah, like she's just like and and like and I feel like that's part of why she gets in these roles where she's like her form of flirting is like a lot of like back and forth um uh like verbal teasing because yeah. she's really good at pulling that off. Yeah. But yeah, but I I I totally with you. I think Topher and Chris had like way more like, they didn't actually have sexual tension, but that would have been the best. <laughs> I would have been so here for that. Even if it was done sloppily, like a lot of stuff in this movie was, I would have still loved that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Ashley Tisdale, I was like, why is she here? Okay, what? yeah. I have Ashley, nothing okay, against so, her. I was just so, like, so, what, what a waste of her. Like, I don't Ashley know. Ashley Tisdale and um, Matthew Morrison, who played Mr. Shoe on Glee, are the are the two actors that are going to play the main characters in the film that he's writing and sometimes they just pop up yeah and they just like and they just like say crazy shit yeah like i felt like it must have been so fun to be them like and ashley tisdale's like annoyed the whole time because chris evans is not quick enough at writing yeah and she's like write me my movie and it's just like really dramatic and silly um and uh so that's like another one of those very extra things that doesn't because like the plot itself is just supposed to be really Chris and Michelle like they could have cut out like eight people but yeah but there's but just they like didn't so want much to. going on and there's so many yeah. like weird quotes like there's a part where Anthony Mackie literally says rom-coms are supposed to be funny yes <laughs> and I was just like he might as well just look directly at the camera 
<laughs> oh yeah, no, there was so much fourth wall breaking and just like kind of like self-referential like banter, which made it made the movie fun, but it also made it not convincing. Yeah, like it, I know? don't remember who said slit your throat and penetrate your mind, but like <laughs> right. I honestly feel like everyone got really high and like I felt like I, I mean, I don't know if it was the screenwriters who got high or if, like, the actors were given liberties to improv some stuff. But I felt like I, I hate it. I actually really hate it when people attribute people's creative choices to drugs, um, not because those don't influence them, because I feel like rather than saying, wow, this person's creative, they're like, oh, they're high. But I really did feel like somebody was high. Oh yeah, definitely. This they're just so like, I mean, absurd. Who, who just sits down and decides to write? Ashley Tisdale says, "Where's our script, bitch?" Oh, I loved that. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, delicious." Ashley Tisdale is. I, I she's want, funny. I want the best for her. I really do. Yeah, I love her. She's wholesome. She's yeah. She's wonderful. Um. So yeah, this film like meanders a lot, and then Philip Baker Hall dies. Um, and like, I'm just like, really we're having a granddad die in this movie. <laughs> oh my God. I, uh, uh, something about like deaths being shoehorned that don't seem necessary. Like I watched step up this morning, which I hadn't watched in years. Um, and I love the step. I love dance movies. It's like, I love step up. Yeah. I love the step up movies, even the ones that aren't as good. Um, and I love, I do love Channing and, and, but like when, um, when Skinny dies, I'm like, this is so unnecessary. Why are we doing this in Step Up? And I kind of feel the same way about the grandpa. Like, I'm like, we don't need this death. Like this movie's not honoring this death because it's just like putting it in there and then moving on. Um, anyways, that was my Step Up related <laughs> banter. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, the the grandpa dying. I mean, you know, he was a grandpa, and and like, you know, he's. I mean, it's it's he's Phil Baker Hall. He did his. He did yeah, his he's usual. Chris Evans, like only like parent parental figure. So and he's also best friends with Topher Grace, <laughs> which is also so cute that Topher is like friends with his grandpa, and he always calls him grandpa, and he's like, I'm not your grandpa, but like it's they're like so friends. Cute. Oh, Topher Grace, all of the hearts. Oh my god, yeah. Okay, and um, so that's around the time when the film gets really like heartfelt. Like, there's a whole like like a boat of friends metaphor where he's like on a literal boat surrounded by everyone who means something to him. And it's just like, it's like symbolic emotional thing. And I'm just sitting there just like in this movie. Yeah. It's so much like, it's just, I don't know. This movie makes me think of, it does make me think of being in art school and like wanting to do a project or an assignment and wanting to do too much at once. And therefore like, I made so many bad things because I was trying to do so much at once. Yeah, there's just so much it going on. And and at the core, like the main problem is is that this is not a good role for Chris Evans and he's also really bad at emoting in this film. And I'm not going to say Chris Bre Chris Evans sucks at emoting because I've seen him play Captain America and emote and emote very well and like, you know, when um when when Peggy Carter dies, like when he's like at her bedside, like I was crying. So like I know that he can do this. I just don't know. He just couldn't do it for this movie. Yeah, all. I just think it just wasn't a fit. And yeah, I I I keep thinking about what you said about Joseph Gordon Levitt. I think it's totally a Joseph Gordon Levitt venture. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen him in anything in a minute. Yeah, he's been he's been like doing other shit. I feel like yeah. 
Because I mean, he, he was di- he directed a movie, and I really haven't seen him since he did that. Yeah, because you know he was he was really hitting it hard like five years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So I mean, this movie like it's just I don't have like so like my main critiques, I guess, are I mean we've already touched on the fact that it's kind of disjointed because it just has so much going on. Um, you know, and I'm not fond of the cliche of like I just I don't care about Chris Evans' character. Yeah, and it's just like so. oh, he goes to like stop the wedding, and then he finds out that oh, she didn't actually marry him because she was too much into him, and then he like stands on top of like a fountain or a statue <laughs> or something, and it's just like we belong together because we're both fuck ups, and we might as well be fuck ups together. And like, uh, yeah. Also, the weird a weird thing about this movie is how it's rated R, and I think that it's really like pushed onto a movie that really didn't need to be rated R. And no, it's PG thirteen. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like it's just people like saying fuck, like and saying pussy, in areas where they really don't really need to, and where no one really seems comfortable with that language. Like it's they somehow like <laughs> assembled a group of people who suck at cursing, which is adorable. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like, yeah, it, it, I mean, and, and I mean, this, this is a critique that applies to a lot of the rom-coms we talk about, but there's also the thing where I'm like, you're not in love. Like they basically, Michelle cheats on her fiance with Chris eventually, like after he's whined about being friend zoned and she's gotten mad at him, they end up having sex and it's like awesome sex apparently. And then they're like, oh no, what do we do? And, like, that's, like, I guess the moment that she realizes, like, she doesn't tell Chris right away, but she, like, realizes she doesn't want to be with her fiancé. Um, yeah, and just, like, I don't know, like, they, yeah, they flirt a lot, but there's no, like... And she's so grown up, and he's so not grown up that it seems like she's babysitting him the whole time. It does. It feels like she's like, oh, he's cute. And yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, those relationships definitely happen. I see a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but they're definitely real, but it like it doesn't it doesn't, doesn't it doesn't need to happen here. Right. It doesn't feel right. Like it doesn't. I want her to I like it's fine if they're breaking up with Mr. Fantastic, but I just want her to go find like another adult where yeah. like Chris Evans just isn't one. No, he really isn't. He's totally He's a he's a whiny baby. He's like he literally rebound. gets drunk and goes outside her window and yells. Like he throws a rock at her window and it almost hits her. Like this is totally going back to like the whole like terrifying like it's fun to joke about but like so many people like this is normalizing stalking behavior, you know? Like there's a reason that like women can't <laughs> sorry getting all like sad now but like women can't like tell people about a dude being creepy without people being like oh he just likes you Ooh, like this just, like just really because we have movies him. of men going to women's apartments and that's supposed to be like cute and romantic that's not fucking romantic that's terrifying like yeah. there should be a restraining order so I really like once there's these like when there's the like following her to work and then the dude friend's like yeah you gotta go get her like don't listen to what she says I'm like no this shit is terrifying yeah so it's, that's yeah. my little PS say about stalking and boundaries um, yeah i mean he is like the <laughs> thing about it is is that like he is chris evans is very much her rebound and in the real world after this movie ends they would probably she would probably dump him yeah definitely like they would they would probably like have sex and like flirt and eat breakfast for like two months or something and then she'd be like you're dead weight and i need to do my life um and like yeah. yeah, 
And he would like go back to hating women and stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. he still does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. That's the other yeah, thing. Like, his character doesn't, it's not like his character, he doesn't have a moment where he's like, wow, I've been an asshole. He's just like, oh, I finally found a woman good enough for me. Like, like that's what like, annoys me. And it's just like, and it's also like he doesn't respect women for like the dumbest reason possible, which is just like his mom. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like we? cool well all of them who interact y- with you have no reason to respect men because of you so like look yeah. at this like yeah so yeah his character I think it's also like his character I know men who like act like his character and I know like I don't think that they cognitively are like I watched a rom-com and that's why I'm like this but I think there's so many of these characters these dude characters on TV and in, in movies that are supposed we're supposed to root for and and it pisses me off because then I know like dudes like that who are just like, yeah, I'm an asshole, but it's fine. And I'm like, no, fuck you. <laughs> You're not Chris Evans. Stop. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't even have like, I guess if I were going to give a recommend, I know that like in recent years, a lot of people have decided that this is a bad movie, but I haven't seen it in recent years. And therefore, I don't have that contrarian opinion yet. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to say, watch 500 Days of Summer. <laughs> Just watch 500 Days of Summer instead. Uh, like, Yeah, because 500 <laughs> Days of Summer, like, does... It does what this movie tried to do, I feel like. You know? So, yeah, if you don't like mis- that, that's fine. Yeah, but it's still misogynistic. Like, for no sure. Doubt. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, like, at least it's focused. Yeah. <laughs> this at movie's le- not at focused. Least at least it's focused. Uh, like, and, yeah. Um... The only other movie that I can think of and is is a movie that I haven't seen yet called Ruby Sparks, which is about a guy who like writes a female character and then like actually pulls her out of the pages, um, which I've heard, I've heard it's pretty sad. Like I don't want to, I like I don't want to like prejudge it, but I've heard some like iffy things about it. But like now I'm just like maybe I'll just watch Ruby Sparks and see if it's like bad or what it is. I mean. It does help for me that the two people who star in Ruby Sparks are actually dating in real life, so it doesn't make me feel super bad. Like, Yeah, like, you're <laughs> like, well, in real life, they probably view each other as humans, so yeah. that's good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this kind of story is really hard to do without men coming off as a piece of shit and a woman coming off as a cipher, so... <laughs> yeah, it's true, and, like... Again, it's like I love like I think Michelle Monaghan's a great actress. Like there's so many people who are great actors in this. But yeah, Chris Evans wasn't right for this role. This movie tried to have so many side plots. It was like unfocused. Um and I yeah, I personally just like get annoyed at like this this like personality merging yeah. that I see so often on screen. Yeah. Where it's like funny, smart woman it like convinces asshole dude that women are worth it. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, I don't know if there's a good there's I don't know if there's like a truly great film version of this movie. <laughs> I yeah. don't know if it exists. Yeah, because it's an annoying yeah. idea. It's an annoying trope <laughs> to begin with. Like, and also like most films about screenwriters are really obnoxious. And I mean it's like all the shows about comedians. It's like <laughs> stop. I'm I do this shit and I don't want to watch it. Like, like if you But wanna, I still do. I still watch it. If you want to watch a film that like I think perfectly encapsulates how obnoxious this kind of writer character is, watch Barton Fink. Oh god, I love that movie. Oh, oh I love it. I love it so much. I love it too. It's, it's so good. Oh, oh, the, the common yes. man. 
Oh my gosh, please watch Barton Fink. Please yes. watch Barton Fink, yeah. Thank uh, you for bringing up Barton Fink. That just made my day. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch it this week. Um, oh my God. And I, I don't know how many times I've dropped my phone directly on the floor during this podcast. Um, I mean, hey, mine's like at 19% now, finally. <laughs> we're killing it today. We're, we're, really, we're um, really doing it. I mean, I, d- I, did have, I did have one Stella, which has almost no effect on anything except for <laughs> my motor skills. But like, sure. <laughs> um, hey, girl, you know? Uh, <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, we'll see you next week. Uh, this movie, Playing It Cool, is on Netflix. Uh, if you want to watch something weird, yeah, if you want gonna, something, it's not gonna be a hu- it's not gonna offend you. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> like, it, it's good. I think it is good if you're in the mood for a rom com, something light that's also like. It, like the basic plot is predictable, but like there's a lot of weird details you can pay attention to. It's pretty good if you want to like smoke or drink and like watch something. Um, so, yeah, I mean, sometimes I tell you to steer away. Sometimes we're like, stay yeah. away. But this one, yeah, no, you can yeah, like give you it can a watch for Topher Grace. Um, yeah, like Topher Grace, really, and you know some some good Aubrey Plaza lines. We um, are really sleeping on Topher Grace right now. That's what this. Yeah, it's it's like. woken me up again to him. So yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so, that's pretty much all. So yeah, um, uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, I've been I've been noticing that a lot of people have been tweeting us recently. Thank you so much. Yes. Um, I hope everybody that's tweeting us is also rating us on iTunes because hey, that hey, would hey. be really great. And also, we need a theme song. If you want to give us a theme song, please give it to us. We're in our second season and we don't have a theme song. Yes, this and is a disgrace. And we will like. You know, promote the hell out of your SoundCloud or your Last FM or your whatever you do. Whatever you got, we'll do it. Yeah, your Bandcamp, you your Bandcamp, band yeah, Bandcamp, great website. You know, like yeah, all of it. So you know, it can be a mutually beneficial thing. Um, all right, stay beautiful. Bye. Bye.